This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 187, Cultivating Loving Relationships. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world, and I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. my friends. Welcome to another episode of the show. As I always say, so grateful you're taking the time out of your life to spend it with me. And today we have a special guest who you'll be spending it with too. Her name is Bex Bruton. Bex and I met connecting through different marketing things that we do as entrepreneurs. And I happen to be a part of a series she had recently called How to Attract Lasting Love. And I talked about boundaries on it. And I loved her energy so much that I said, hey, come on my podcast and you show your zone of genius and all the things that you do as a relationship coach. So a little bit about Bex. She is a trauma-informed certified life coach. She helps independent women attract and grow lasting love without sacrificing who they are or what they want out of life. After painfully hitting the same walls and love for over a decade, Bex committed to the study and growth of lasting love. Today, she enjoys a deeply connected partnership of 11 years with the man of her dreams. Through her signature programs, Your Majesty, and core joy living, she helps other independent women do the very same, attract and grow equal, healthy relationships. Bex inspires deeply transformational experience through movement, mindfulness, and compassionate behavioral exploration via live and online coaching programs, spectacle dance performances, and nature immersive glamping retreats. Ooh, I didn't talk to her about that. That's so cool. So Bex and I are going to just talk about like what a healthy relationship looks like. She has these five different pillars of relationships. That's so fascinating. Like so fascinating. I can't wait for you to learn about them. They're so good. I can't wait to listen back to this interview too as a listener instead of an interview because she drops a lot of great nuggets. So regardless if you're in a relationship or not, this is work that you want to soak in to make your relationships, especially your romantic relationships, even better. And again, Bex has a really cool energy. 
just like really grounded, really chill, but yet extremely informative. So without further ado, enjoy this interview with Miss Bex Burton. All right, Miss Bex, so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Lindsay. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Okay, today we're talking all about cultivating loving relationships. But before we jump into all your wisdom, I would love for you to share your story on how you stepped into a coach cultivating loving relationships, especially for independent women. So tell us about that. Yeah. Oh, happily. <laughs> it has been a journey and not unlike many other people in uh, healing spaces, you know, there's the saying, your mess is your message. And so I, I believe truly that, that my own mess in love and relationships uh, was the driving force be behind the, the move to become not only a, a teacher of love and relationships, but, but truly a student, a lifetime learner of what it takes to not only attract and cultivate, but grow and nurture lasting loving relationships in my life, uh, particularly romantic relationships. So I am a love and relationship coach for independent women. I help independent women attract and grow healthy, lasting love without sacrificing who they are, what they want out of life. And as I said, this, this work was born from my own mess in love and relationships. And I think that, you know, prior to this work, I was a, a movement instructor, a Pilates teacher, personal trainer, dance teacher, big uh, group choreographer. So I was always in a position of leadership and inspiring others, inspiring my clients. And it was through my 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 dance work and my choreography that I <laughs> sort of manifested an incredible partner into my life. And prior to that, I had gone through about a decade of rocky relationships. Mm -hmm. I had had three major, let's say, long-term relationships that all, each of them lasted about two to two and a half years. And when I uh, experienced the third breakup in, in the matter of that decade that was exactly like the first and exactly like the second in that I got so deep into the relationship and so far away from myself that I woke up one day and, and said, gosh, like, where did I go? What's happened to me? I don't feel free to be who I am. And what I lovingly call flip the table and leave the relationship uh, in sort of an explosive, uh, dramatic manner. After that happened for the third time in the course of 10 years, I realized that I'm the common denominator of all of these relationships, of all of these explosive breakups. And I had reached a point where I was tired of being that entity that I, I felt like I was causing more harm in the world than good. I felt like I was creating unnecessary harm to these men that I was with for lack of my own skills, for lack of my own understanding. And so it was at that time that I decided that I would date myself for longer than my longest relationship and date my city and date for the sake of dating without the attachment of, or the attachment or expectation of getting into relationship. Because I felt like 
it was the relationship part that I've really struggled with. And so I, you know, I decided to experiment or as I fondly say, Bexperiment, as my name is Bex, just with, with a different type of relating with others. And so I, I went online, you know, this was uh, about 11 years ago when online dating was just starting to overcome its stigma and become part of the, the, you know, the nomenclature of, of culture. And I was, I opened myself up to going on dates with people outside of my social circle. I opened myself up to going on bad dates potentially. And I did <laughs> in fact, go on a couple of bad dates and you know, but at the same time, I was really rooted in this idea of dating myself and really being dedicated to my authentic joy, my authentic passions in life. And it was in that time that I created the, the biggest work of art that I had done as an artist at that time. And simultaneously, I, I met this incredible person through an online dating platform. And there's a magical love story that is that's woven into this that I, you know takes I, I won't uh, get too deeply into, but the the nature of the the piece that I the art piece that I created was a love story that I, I thought was kind of funny because I had just broken up with somebody. And then I attracted this man into my life who offered to film the dance piece, you know, sight unseen. And sure enough, about two weeks after meeting him, I'm, I'm at this New York City festival with 50 of my my dancers and we're dancing this this piece and I I realized midway through that wow I <laughs> how how funny this love story that I wrote in this piece of art is coming true in my own life and I I felt deeply that I had written my own love story and that was confirmed after the dance when this man asked me if I believed in soulmates which just knocked me off my socks and <laughs> so all of that is to say is that when I, you know, when I really pulled away from the outcome of getting into relationship, when I really got real with what I wanted and who I wanted to be in this world, the attraction came naturally. And it was so deep and profound and beautiful and syn synchronistic that I knew that I needed to do differently in order to make this relationship last. Because, you know, I believe that there comes a point where <laughs> the pain of, of doing things the same way and coming up against the same walls and patterns again and again outweighs the pain of learning and growing and doing differently. And I'd hit that point. And so that began the phase of my life where I became a student of love. And it was shortly thereafter that I, I chose to become a, a coach. Wow, Max, what a story. <laughs> I love it. I think so many of us can relate to that of waking up at some point like, oh, okay, same issues, different relationship. Like, what is it with me? And yeah. really doing that work to figure out what it is, right? Yeah. 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 And then manifesting exactly what you want when you figure out how to put that I together mean, is so awesome. It was, it was beyond, it was beyond, you yeah. know, I had, I had my list of, of like, I, I think it was just some obnoxious list of 75 qualities and items and elements that I wanted in my, my partner. And, and, uh, you know, sure enough though, when, when he entered my life, like I, you know, went back and was checkmarking that list and he hit, he hit everything. And then some, you know, I think there was like one element that he didn't have like a, a flourishing costume trunk that, you know, it was like, well, we can, we can work on that. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I have a similar story with my husband was like, 
I was going through a divorce and then I just wrote this list. And I didn't even know what manifesting was. I was like, okay, I'm not going to settle. Like, this is what I want. And he came to life and it was pretty quickly yeah. after that. So it's pretty powerful how that shifts. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about healthy, compassionate adult relationships. Mm-hmm. Can we define that? What would you say is involved in that kind of relationship? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the researcher John Gottman has done a lot of work in this in this department and his work is so beautiful because it's it's evidence-based, it's researched back. He has a love lab that he brings couples in and has been studying couples for for over 20 years. And so I I really believe that he has some some markers for what I call healthy compassionate relationships or adult relating, I like to say, you know, but there's, there's a sense of mutual respect. I think that when we are lacking respect for our partner, then there is a very big hurdle to overcome, to get to love, you know, if we are in the state of contempt or judgment of our partner. So respect is one of them. Respect for ourselves as well, because, you know, any way of being that we practice on ourselves you know, particularly for independent women, we come up against self-criticism, self-judgment, self-punishment, you know, so if we have those ways of being that we're acting upon ourselves, it's very, very easy for us to project those inward feelings outwardly on those around us. So the work that I do, we we begin with the relationship with ourselves, and we cultivate a loving, compassionate, nurturing relationship with ourselves so that we can then project those feelings out into the world onto our our partner and those that we're in relationship with. But really, uh, respect. I think that there's also. I, I mean, there are five pillars that I that I work with that I can get to in just a moment. But when we're talking about healthy, compassionate relationship, that relationship with self has got to be sound. Respect for self, respect for others, and then on top of that, there's there's some skills that we can adopt to our, our tool that, that we can practice to create the relationships that we want. Because here's the thing, these, these things are not taught in school. They're very fr- infrequently modeled to us by our, our elders and those who've raised us. So it does take some concerted effort on our part to acknowledge that there might be some holes in our understanding. There might be some gaps in our, our knowledge of how to cultivate connected, healthy relationships. So there's a a humility and an acceptance and a growth mindset that we all need to adopt in order to create these healthy relationships. You know, one of the things that I say to my clients who are in the process of attracting a partner is that above all else, we want the person that we attract to have a growth mindset. Because the truth is, is that, like I said, these skills aren't taught. And they're very infrequently modeled to us. And so we're not looking for a person to arrive fully formed, complete and whole and perfect. I mean, we would like them complete and whole on their own, but perfect is a, is a, is a moving target. Perfect is a, is an unattainable ideal. And there's no human on the planet that's perfect. If they're, if they're perfect, they're not human. So we're looking for this beautiful, aligned, imperfectly perfect human being who has a commitment to growth, who has an understanding that we will all have personal agency. We all have the ability to 
adapt, to shift, to evolve, to grow. And that doesn't just mean in terms of like our profession and advancing in our career and things like that, but it, it means in the most basic terms, the ability to grow our heart muscle, the ability to love more, the ability to be more patient, the ability to be more forgiving, the ability to find more acceptance without the need to change or fix. So these are all ideas and, and ways of being that contribute to this healthy, compassionate, romantic relationship. I think it's also super important that we learn how to listen to one another. And, you know, and I, I can, I can go into all of these uh, in the, in the five pillars, of course, but there's, I think bottom line, what I'm getting at is that there's a lot that goes into it. And when we think about what are these things, for me, it always comes back to the energy of connection versus the energy of disconnection. Hmm. Yeah. I love what you said in there too, of really just that growth mindset, because it's true. It's like, I'm not expecting perfection. I'm not expecting us to like always be on and connected, but I do expect hey, if we're experiencing disconnection, then let's look at that. Let's work on that. Let's make it better without you freaking out about it or saying <laughs> it's good enough as is or, you know, whatever. I think that's- I don't want to talk about it. There's nothing yeah. more to talk about. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of like, and, and part of that is cultivating presence and in the moment too, because if you have a partner who's sitting there drinking and checked out on the TV, you know, it's like- how how growth oriented and connected can you be with that yeah. which requires yeah. them to show up and do their own healing right absolutely yeah. yeah okay so let's talk about these five pillars you keep teasing us with <laughs> sure <laughs> absolutely well so much hinges on on these five pillars uh, because they're e each one of them encompasses so much so for example the first pillar of a healthy adult relating is what i call these pillars is self-awareness you know, and yep. self-awareness is is such a broad topic, you know, because it can encompass, you know, things on sort of the shallow end of the pool, like your astrology chart or your Myers-Briggs, you know, classification. Right. But then, you know, as we go sort of into the deeper end of the pool of self-awareness, then we're starting to turn up our family of origin systems and the parts that we played in those family of origin systems, the stories and beliefs that we made up as children in survival mode of those family of origin systems that play out into our adult relationships. You know, our attachment styles. This is this is sort of like the buzz in, in, the, in the love and relationship space is everybody's all up on the, the attachment styles. And I've actually recently learned that that attachment styles is shifting the terminology to attachment strategy because mm. I think there's a misconception that our attachment style is the, the reason why we are the way that we are, the reason why I need a lot of space and I don't want to connect on an emotional level because I have an avoidant attachment style. But the truth is, is that these attachments are strategies that we created as as young human beings in our early family systems to survive, to to cope with whatever we're we're dealing with as as little ones that we don't have the full cognitive resources to process. You know, mom leaves the room for 25 minutes and all of a sudden we're all alone and we don't know what's happening. And so we make up these stories, we we form these beliefs to explain to the subconscious to 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 make it 
understandable. And, and as, as little people, we don't have the ability to understand what mom's life is like and what, why she's doing these things. So we, we make up these stories about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are just some examples of the spectrum of self-awareness, yeah. but that's in my opinion, where everything begins, because if we don't have some level of self-awareness, some level of our, our awareness of our emotional state, like our feelings and needs, the things that we need, circumstances to feel healthy, whole, and complete, then we're not going to be, we, we might be able to survive in a silo without relationships around us, but we won't be able to relate with other human beings around us. Yeah. And just to throw this out there, if you're like, well, I'm not very self-aware, that's what coaching gives you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, <back>. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I like to call my style of coaching compassionate behavioral exploration because, you know, I, I, I take a lot of inspiration from Buddhist philosophy. And so a lot of my work dissolves the binary around right and wrong, good and bad. And we just look at life circumstances, our thoughts, our feelings, the, the things that we're moving through in life as neutral entities. And so then if everything that we're coming up against is neutral, then the emotions, the thoughts, the feelings, those things are the the meanings that we're applying to these circumstances. So, you know, and, and that's yet again, another level of self-awareness is to recognize, oh, wow, I just had a really poopy thought. Um, well, can I, is there another way that I can engage with this thought? Can mm -hmm. I just see this thought as neutral and that therefore explore my, my judgment on that thought? Mm -hmm. Where is that judgment coming from? You know, and just this compassionate, yeah. loving self-inquiry. Yeah, love it. All right, so that's pillar one, <laughs> self-awareness. Pillar one, yes. Pillar two, emotional intelligence, which, you know, is part of self-awareness, but it's such a huge piece that I felt like it needed its own pillar all of its, all on its own, particularly for, I, you know, my, my, my blessed community of independent women, we are so focused and driven and strong and ambitious and go, go, go all the time. There is a huge population of independent women who are disconnected from their own emotional experience. We're on the go all the time. When we have a moment to sit still, we're looking at our phone or we're planning the next thing, or we're dreaming up the next business initiative or whatever it is. There's, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as, as boredom in our life anymore. There's no such thing as downtime or daydreaming. And if there's no time for those things, there's certainly very little time for connection with our emotional state. So our emotional intelligence is not only being connected with our emotional state, being aware of how we feel at any given moment, but also having the language to articulate that and name these feelings in emotive ways by using emotive language. So often I'll ask clients, well, how did that feel? And, and they'll say, well, it felt like he wasn't listening to me. And right. Instead of actually naming the feeling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like disrespect or, you know, steamrolled or, you know, mm -hmm. the emotive states. So emotional intelligence is, is another huge pillar of adult relating. Yeah, I think that's beautiful that you separated the two because you could easily put that in with self-awareness, but you could be self-aware and still not be feeling your feelings. Or like you said, so many times it's the thoughts they're telling you versus like, no, let's dig deeper. Okay, you're yeah. feeling rejected. Let's go deeper into that and like feeling that. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Good. Okay, so what's pillar three? Oh, pillar three is, are the twins uh -huh. of empathy and compassion. Mm. And 
this is this is you know and there these pillars are ordered in such a way that you know we go we just go we're going deeper and deeper and deeper empathy and compassion could also again be argued as as part of self-awareness but it's in the broader sense it begins again with that relationship with self so self-awareness emotional intelligence being aware of how we relate with ourselves and then the empathy and the compassion goes one step further in this relationship with self we start there and then we sort of spread that empathy and compassion outward to our partner outward to the world but again going back to you know the the ways that we relate with ourselves so frequently high achieving overgiving independent women have a complex relationship with themselves where nothing is ever good enough or they're doing something wrong or they feel like they are wrong there's a high amount of shame you know and and empathy the practice of self empathy and self compassion is really giving us the opportunity to express to ourselves it's okay or i love reminding my myself and my clients that you know we are we're human beings you know you've gone through this experience you're experiencing a lot of self criticism is it possible that you're passing the human test is it possible that you're having a profoundly human experience you know because no single person on this planet is meant to move through life without conflict without struggle without suffering you know we we would love to believe that life is all cake and rainbows for you know the the manifesting queens that we see on instagram but the truth is as as human beings we all suffer in some way shape or form and so <laughs> if we're not able to comfort ourselves in that suffering we're compounding that suffering and making it even worse and so the truth is is that when we're able to soften and and love ourselves even through our suffering even through our shame even through the things that we feel like we're doing wrong or messing up or screwing up or just <laughs> getting wrong all left and right the the easier it is to accept our path and accept our journey as an imperfect one and this all comes back to my belief that love is a practice and that we're not meant to get it right all the time what is right anyway but we're meant to practice we're meant to do beautiful things in love we're meant to make deep connections we're meant to fail we're meant to have conflict you know there's no two human beings that are going to agree on every single thing 100% of the time so we are meant to have conflict we're meant to have disagreements and the idea with em empathy and compassion is that we're not making ourselves wrong we're not making the other person wrong but we're practicing this way of being that draws us more connected and closer together yeah i love how you brought up the compassion and empathy with yourself too it's so true as independent driven go-getter women because yeah. i think we're just so in green with this is the pathway to success and if you're not this then oh my gosh you may not be successful right yeah. and at some point yeah. we have to wake up and be like whoo this is not all it's cracked up to be. And man, I do not feel good. And I treat myself like shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. so true. And then in relationship, I mean, this is that if our relationship with self is critical and punishing, I mean, that's a fast track to disappointment in our romantic relationships, because there's, there's no universe where we're not going to project 
that disappointment, that sense of failure, that sense of you're doing it wrong onto our partner. So if we're not if we're not simultaneously working on that within ourselves, the no relationship, it doesn't matter how tall, handsome, financially sound, aligned <laughs> with our checklist, this partner is mm-hmm. going to be, he's always going to come up short because we have that critical lens. Yeah, so true. Okay, that's pillar three. What's pillar four? Okay, so piggybacking on the empathy and compassion, then we turn to the other side of the coin and we have vulnerability. Mm. And yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I swear there was a moment in my relational history shortly after I met Nick about maybe, maybe just about a year after I met him and I forgot what we were going through, but like we had had some fallout and I, and we were spending some time by ourselves and I was really reconciling what was coming through for me and realizing like, wow, I have been a brat. I've been a big fat brat. <laughs> and like, And I'm like, oh my God, like there, and there was this sense of like, I need to share this with him. And, and then it hit me. I was like, oh, oh, this is vulnerability. And it was as though I had never heard the word in the English language before in my life up until that moment where, of course it was in my vocabulary. Of course I knew what the word meant, but like it, it, there was this sense of embodiment at that moment in time that I had never experienced before where it was like all right vulnerability is not about being weak it's not about giving away your power it's actually about standing in your power moving through what i call the butt pucker zone and <laughs> and, and, oh telling, <laughs> and telling the uncomfortable truth totally. you know and and the uncomfortable truth might be hey i messed up the uncomfortable truth might be, hey, I have a boundary around this, or hey, that doesn't work for me. I need this instead. Whatever the uncomfortable truth is, that to me is the the epitome of being vulnerable, is expressing, sharing the thing that, you know, the, the stuff that we don't share on social media, the things that we're not super excited about telling people the things we don't wave our flag about, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe we're just getting to know somebody and there, you know, you have a condition or a disability or a disease that you have a complex relationship with. That's hard to share. You know, Mm -hmm. you're afraid you're going to scare the other person off, you know, and then in long-term relationship for me, it's always like, I messed up, (laughs) you know, I was wrong. (laughs) That is always just, it's so cringy. But at the same time, when we feel that inner cringe, we know that we're in the butt pucker zone. The butt pucker zone is, is this line, this green growing edge of our growth and our maturity. And when we feel that, we know that we're on the right path and we have to express that which makes us feel cringy and butt puckery. Yeah, so true. So true. Butt puckery, I'm going to always remember that now, Bex. <laughs> Totally. Oh my God. Okay, tell us pillar five. Absolutely. Just one one last thing to say about vulnerability uh-huh. is that vulnerability and empathy and compassion. The only the only way that we can be vulnerable is if we ca- if we have begun the practice of empathy and compassion, because mm, we can't true. trust others to be empathetic and compassionate to our vulnerable truth if we're not practicing that for ourselves. If we're not able to say it's okay, like you 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 messed up. It's okay. You're still worthy of being loved. You're still worthy of being in this relationship. So those, those two really go hand in hand. Good. 
The fifth pillar of adult, healthy adult relating is skillful communication. And this one is, you know, again, just deserves its own pillar because it's so huge. You know, there, it's so frequent that we eavesdrop or overhear, or maybe we are in conversations that are unskillful, where there's yelling or there's blaming, pink finger pointing, passive aggressiveness. I mean, all of these things are again, fast tracks to disconnection, fast tracks to, you know, a rupture in the relationship that may become beyond repair. So it's wildly important for us to learn skillful communication for all of our relationships, not just our romantic relationships, but recognizing that there's a, there's a certain way of expressing how we feel, that, that expressing how we feel, first of all, is a valid expression of communication. You know, I think that there, there's there's a lot of people out there, I, I myself included, whose family of origin were not emotionally expressive. You know, there was, in, in, in my circumstances, there was a, an emotional repression where we swallowed our feelings. Nobody talked mm. about feelings, yep. but you knew, like you could feel the energy, right. feelings happening. Yeah. And what's interesting is that my husband came from a family of origin that was like volatilely emotive. So all the emotions were there. They were ex being expressed all of the time, but through violence or chaos or, you know, just other, again, unskillful ways. So it can, it really can run the spectrum. It can be, you know, it could be a lack of expression or it could be just like this chaotic overexpression. What we're looking for is a neutral, again, self-awareness of our own emotional experience a feeling of self-worth that our feelings are valid, an understanding of what we are needing from that relationship. So let's say, <laughs> I'll use an example in my own life. There might be an instance where, so my husband unloads the dishwasher every morning. It's something that he does so sweetly and it sets me up for my day really well because that's one thing I don't have to do. And then at lunchtime, I'll load the dishwasher and we take turns. If there's a morning that, you know, I come out to do my morning thing and make my breakfast and everything, and the dishwasher is full of clean dishes, I might <laughs> grumble and roll my eyes and like, just like, oh, really like got, you know, complain silently or, or vocally. But that's not, that's not doing anything in service of what I actually want to happen. So for me, if it's something that I feel that needs to be expressed, which at times, you know, sometimes these things do need to be expressed. I have to get in touch with how I feel before I connect with my partner on, you didn't do this. Mm. Because when we launch right into, you didn't do this, that is, again, a fast track to disconnection. Yeah. You know, especially if we have any kind of trauma or unhealed, you know, authoritative relationship in our life, when we hear you didn't do this, or why didn't you, you know, fill in the blank, that's going to send our, our partner's nervous system on alert, if not into activation. And then, you know, if one person is activated, it's very likely that we're going to get into this nervous system downward spiral. So I have to make sure that I'm coming to the table with I statements that are not accusatory, that don't point out what he did or didn't do, but focus on me. Focus on what, what's going on for me. 
because I know what what go- I know what he didn't do, but mm-hmm. and he knows what he didn't do as start as soon as we start the conversation. But I need to share. Hey, you know, I I'm feeling a little disrespected. I'm feeling kind of exhausted, and what I need from you is. And this and and the needs, you know, anybody who studied uh, NVC understands that needs can be a multitude of things. They could be specific to the circumstance, but they could also be greater contextual needs. For example, using this example again, what I need from you is some cooperation. What I need from you is teamwork. What I need from you is some dependability that, you know, the things that we're doing to contribute to the home are done consistently. Hmm. So skillful communication there's obviously there's so much more to it but as the fifth pillar of adult relating when we don't have skillful communication it's just so easy to communicate from our reptilian brain from our you know our knee jerk reactions and not come from a loving space which again is a fast track to disconnection yeah so true so good. Oh my gosh, Max, you delivered so much. Like I'm going to go listen back to this one for sure because it's just like soak the sense in this one to my husband too. So awesome. much good wisdom. Oh my goodness. Okay. So tell us about you, how I can connect with you and what your coaching process looks like. Absolutely. Sure. Listeners can visit me at my website, which is bexburtoncoaching.com and it's B-E-X like T-Rex. Um, <laughs> And I, I work uh, with clients in a couple of different ways. You know, I, I offer light touch support for clients who just need a little bit. And then I also offer three and six month immersions for women who really want their hand held through an attraction process, a dating process, or creating more depth and intimacy in their existing relationships. Mm-hmm. I work both on the tactical level as well as an energetic level. Tactical is like, you know, learning the, the framework for skillful connection, skillful communication, excuse me, setting up an online dating profile. How do you write a, a profile that turns heads, that attracts quality candidates? How do you engage after your first date? So tactically, that's one level that I work with clients. And then I also work energetically. And that's sort of the more along the lines of the things that we've been talking about today, the energies, the ways of being, the stories, the beliefs, the the habits and patterns that we come to relationship with. Where do they originate? I work with four core relationships that we need to heal for lasting love. I work with these five pillars of adult relating, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, empathy and compassion, vulnerability, and skillful communication so that we are equipping ourselves with the tools, the skills, and the practices to create more connection, more depth, and more intimacy in our relationships. Mm, Beautiful. Oh, back so much. Thank you so much for your wisdom today. It's my pleasure. And you're just so good for the nervous system. It's just like so calm and easy and grounded. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bex. Um, And y'all go reach out to Bex if you're in the stage where you're feeling called to work with her. I know she'll take great care of you. Mm, Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. 
Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share the show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share, share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.